Welcome into another episode of Running for the Roses. I'm Ryan Bath Lucas, uh, joined by Lucas Rohde. Uh Lucas, we are in the heart of season previews. Uh, this is when, you know, as the calendar turns to August, we start really getting into X's and O's and breaking down teams and who had a good year in the portal and who loses players and such. And obviously we've done the Big Ten, we've done the Big 12, and we've done the ACC. Please go back and listen to those episodes. And today we were supposed to do part one of the Pac-12. This was supposed to be our Pac-12 North episode or what was the Pac-12 North episode. Uh, and, and then Pac-12, or really the entire world of college football, decided to go nuclear today. We were recording this uh, Friday, August 4th in the afternoon. And, and what a monumental day for the sport um, of college football. Uh, literally minutes ago, the Oregon Board of Trustees unanimously approved a move to the Big Ten. Washington also going to the Big Ten, uh, joining USC and UCLA. That gives that conference 18 teams. And then also minutes ago, uh, Arizona State and Utah uh, basically uh, applied for Big 12 membership, and, and the expectation is those teams will be approved to join Arizona and Colorado. So, Lucas, we, we, we start this year with the Pac-12, and as of uh, – you know, 6.09 Eastern time on August 4th. It's down to a pack four. Uh, you and I both have a lot of thoughts on this. We chatted earlier on the phone for about 20 minutes, and, and this is going to be, you know, a 45-minute vent session, however long it goes. Uh, you and I both are, are not really fans of how this is going and how this is trending, and I don't think a lot of people are fans, judging um, by the reaction uh, uh, across social media. I was listening to the Sirius XM College Sports Station, and not a lot of people are happy about this. So, um, why don't you just kind of start with where your head's at with this as it's kind of a kind of a somber day in college football as we officially say goodbye to the Pac-12 and uh, welcome in the era of the super conferences. So I think the funny thing is, so background for everybody that is listening, we were supposed to record our Pac-12 preview on Wednesday and we were going to touch on this yeah, this a was just bit. after it was just uh, after Colorado. I was, had left, so we were going to chat Colorado and be like, well, what does this mean for the Pac-12? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we were we were even joking. We were like, this might be the last Pac-12, preview, just the way the winds seemed to be sailing. There was no media deal that was in place or anything with the Pac-12. And I think it kind of uh, was a great foreshadowing um, that we couldn't record that podcast because I was at a hotel in Alabama and the internet was crap, so <laughs> the recording, we recorded about 20 minutes, it was not going well, we were going to push it to today, and it's just nuts, we can look at it at two ways, one, it was foreshadowing the downfall of the Pac-12, or it was, it gave us a chance uh, to record another episode, um, when all the news finally went through, so just a whirlwind of the last few days, it was crazy waking up this morning, where I was fully expecting the Big Ten to add Oregon and Washington, the, the Big 12 to add the four, all the four corner schools. And all of a sudden, there was like, oh, well, there's renewed uh, optimism. Uh, renewed optimism. positivity. Yeah, optimism that this deal can get done. Oregon apparently wants to stay in the Pac-12. Arizona State's president, Michael Crow, was being a big pusher to keep the league together. And rumor is, is that they're willing to stick it out. 
And then about, what, two hours later, maybe, it was news that, yeah, everyone's souring on the media deal. Uh, <laughs> and the Big Ten is making a renewed push to get Washington and Oregon. And now it's reality. Like you said, it's official with Oregon. It should be official with Washington here in the next couple hours. And I think the craziest thing about this is with USC, Texas, USC, UCLA, Texas, and Oklahoma, we've had a couple years to digest that go through it, this is all going to happen next year. Like a year from now, we are going to be giving a preview of an 18-team league, Big Ten, and a 16-team league, SEC, and Big 12. Uh, and probably no longer a Pac-12. And even if it, the Pac-12 exists, it's basically going to be Mountain West light, more than likely. And it's just been a complete whirlwind uh, in the last 12 hours. Yeah, it started this morning, like you said, the expectation was – the Big Ten was going to take Oregon and Washington, and then all of a sudden, I think it was Nicole Auerbeck tweeted um, that the big there was less enthusiasm to add Oregon and Washington. Right, some of the schools with you know maybe it was second guessing travel, maybe it was second guessing money, second guessing the actual value of those two programs. Um, so there was some pessimism that Washington and Oregon would leave, and then we got word that there was going to be another big meeting where they were going to vote the Pac-12 schools. We're going to vote on a grant of rights. They were going to maybe sign a media deal. And if that were the case, the 10 teams would have banded together and and potentially saved the league and maybe in the future add, you know, a, a handful of teams that made geographical sense, right? Boise, San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno, wh- whatever it was. And then from the reporting that I saw, it sounded like Oregon had second thoughts about it. Is, is this the best situation for us long term is this where we want to be does this give us the best future it sounded like oregon was the catalyst to kind of jump ship to the big 10 and at that point everyone's scrambling because lucas you're right like Mm -hmm. with with texas oklahoma usc ucla it felt very calculated both on the conference side and on the team side obviously texas and oklahoma like texas huge brand Oklahoma, a ton of success recently, has made the playoff, you know, a handful of years ago. And same thing with UCLA and USC, right? The Big Ten moves out west. You get in the L.A. market. USC seemingly is back with Lincoln Riley. Um, UCLA, great basketball brand, you know, et cetera. With Washington and Oregon, it felt like you were shopping at the grocery store and you just saw, like, a great deal on, like, hamburger buns. And you're like, no, I have a ton of hamburger buns. But it's like it's a two-for-one special. I have to get this. And that's what it felt like because we chatted on the phone this morning and we both said, this doesn't, on the surface, doesn't make a lot of sense for the Big Ten. Like, what do, what do Oregon and Washington really add other than more logistical headaches for travel, especially for the Olympic sports when you're traveling during the week or baseball and softball when you're traveling on the weekend? Um, you know, Washington gets you the Seattle market, I guess. Washington's kind of been up and down. I do think Oregon has value. I think besides USC, Oregon's the most valuable athletic brand moving to the Big Ten. But did the Big Ten need these teams? You already had 16 teams, right? You already had some of the biggest and best brands in the sport. And you had a really competitive football league, right? I mean, you, you, you already have one this year. Right, with three potential playoff contenders, a really competitive Big Ten West, as we got into, you know, earlier last week, and you add USC and UCLA, you you didn't mm-hmm. need to add these two teams. It almost felt like the Big Ten said, "Eh, why not? Like, why, you know, let's just add two more. We'll figure it out later." 
they'll come in and, and get, you know, what, whatever the, the, the revenue split's going to be, it's not going to be what the other teams are getting. It might be half or 60%, whatever. It, it felt like a very impulsive move on both sides. Cal, or Washington and Oregon said, we, we need a lifeboat because we're drowning. And the Big Ten said, eh, all right, we're in the water. Just come on up. You know, come on aboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to clarify, too, I just saw um, a tweet the Big Ten officially just announced that they that the University of Oregon and the University of Washington are going to be joining the Big Ten in the 2024 athletic yep. calendar season. Uh, Dave Rebson just tweeted out from Big Ten Network that they are going live to uh, announce the new additions. So, yeah, it's officially official, but... No, to, to kind of go on your point, yeah, I completely agree. I think there was a couple of things that pushed it this way. One, like you already, like we already kind of, you kind of hit on, they're getting them at a sufficient discount. They're not going to be uh, full share members, at least for the rest of this TV contract that starts this year, seven years, only going to get maybe 40 or 50% what the other teams in the league are going to get. That's completely different from when USC and UCLA joined. They were automatically... Uh, full share members um, with the TV revenue. But I think also, I think with the Big Ten, I think maybe they were just trying to look ahead. Like, hey, we think probably in five to six years, we might be adding these teams anyway, and we can get them for a lot cheaper now. We can integrate them. We can just move this process faster because maybe they just thought it was inevitable. Or the most likely reason was you had TV execs with Fox, which pretty much run the Big Ten, Saying, yeah, we're, we'll pay you a gazillion amount, a gazillion uh, amount of money when you re up with us with our new TV deal. We want big games. Um, yes, Oregon and Washington are not as big of brands as USC and UCLA, but they're still pretty big brand schools. Um, and you know, University of Washington, I know, is still a very good academic school, so it does fit somewhat culturally with uh, with the Big Ten and what they like on the academic side. So I think that's kind of where, but it's just, it, it felt, like you mentioned, it felt very, very impulsive. Like, oh, we just have to do this. And it's like, all right, it took you years to, to finally figure out expansion the last time around. I know you kind of vetted them last year when they wanted to join after the two LA schools joined. So you didn't really have to do a lot of research, but it just feels weird. And now, like, it took them, what? a year and a half, two years to come up with a football schedule that was going to work. They haven't even gone over how the other sports are going to work. And now it's like, yeah, and a year from now, we're going to have an 18-team functional league. Um, It's just, it just seems like a lot. And um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. And like we said, it, I just think it, it irks me as like, as part of the future of the sport, as a Big Ten fan, all to me means it just it's I'm going to play the teams I actually want to play less when you have more teams. It's what happened when they brought in Nebraska. It's what happens when they brought in Maryland uh, in Rutgers. Like, I don't like, yeah, I like playing Oregon, but I like playing them in the Rose Bowl or in a non conference game. Like, I'm, we're probably only going to play them maybe what, once every three years or something like that? Um, it's not like you're going to be playing these guys every single year. And that to me just is the annoying part of this. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. so 
the interesting thing is we, we, we both really praised the Big Ten scheduling model, right? We thought they did a great job, how they did. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams have three, you know, permanent opponents. Some teams have one. Some teams have none. Like, I think they did a really, really good job devising the schedule. And now you crumple that up and throw it away because you're going to have to redo a whole new schedule mm-hmm. now. And when does, how long does that take, right? I mean, is it a small modification? Is it a, is it a full-on, you, know, you know, redo? Um, does that come out in the spring of next year? You know, we're so used to college football announcing games 10 years in advance, and now the Big Ten needs to announce, and the Big 12 for that matter, right? The Big 12 hasn't released their schedule mm-hmm. for next year yet. These conferences now have to rip up their model and be like, all right, what do we do now? We have 18 teams. There are 17 other teams in a league now. If you play nine conference games, you're basically going to play one team every two years if you have no permanent opponents, right? So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that works, Lucas. I, I, I think you made a good point about, about – I think one of the reasons why this makes sense is that it almost gives you a whole nother window if you're Fox, right? Because we know mm-hmm. well, how the Big Ten model is. You're going to have the big noon game on Fox. You're going to have the, the 3.30 Eastern game on CBS and then a, a 7.30 Eastern game on NBC. Well, now you add two more West Coast schools, that opens up that 10.30 Eastern slot to you for, for FS1 and for Big Fox and for Big Ten Network, right? Heck. Um, and I think now that almost gives you four windows. And listen, I don't expect USC or Michigan or, or Ohio State to get many 9.30 Central you know, kickoffs. But Wisconsin might, and Illinois might, and Michigan State might, and Maryland might. I cannot wait because you know how when, when the schedule, when the kickoff times get announced, like ten, like in season, every team does a graphic. It's like, well, you know, we'll see you at, you know, 3.30 Eastern fans. I just can't wait for the first 9.30 Central time game between, like, Iowa and, like, UCLA or, like, you know, Minnesota and Oregon. And uh, every Big Ten fan going to be pissed. You're just going to be living, man. Just yeah. like when USC has to play on big noon kickoff against Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State, they're going to be pissed too. One of the things that I thought about today was realignment basically benefits nobody except for school officials and the universities mm-hmm. themselves that are getting a boatload of money. And I'll talk about the on-the-field stuff a little later. I have kind of a, a rant on that. But it, it doesn't benefit fans. Yeah, like you said, you're going to take away your rivalries. Wisconsin might not play Iowa, Minnesota, uh, every single year now, like you might not play those teams every year, um, or Nebraska, right? Like the the long-standing rivalries. What about Michigan and Michigan State? Like you are playing the teams you want to play less, and maybe there will be new rivalries that emerge. But it's hard to form a rivalry fifteen hundred miles away. Also, like you know, I know that you had joked about wanting to go to the first Wisconsin game in L.A. What about the Wisconsin game in Seattle, Wisconsin game in Eugene? You might have two West Coast trips for Wisconsin every year now. That gets expensive as a mm-hmm. fan, right? I mean, this it's going to be expensive to travel to see your team. Forget about if you're Oregon or Washington and you're going to play out of your four or five road games every year, you're going to play probably three, at least two, in the Central or in the Eastern time zones. And that's just football, right? Imagine soccer and swimming and track and field and baseball and softball and basketball. I mean, good luck. You're, you're talking about five, six-hour mm-hmm. flights regularly if you're these student-athletes. I just don't know how they're going to do it. And that's why part of me says I wish – and I, I, I've seen this around a little bit. 
I wish you would almost separate football at this point, seeing as how that kind of seems to be the only sport that matters. Because I do feel bad for, like, USC baseball goes from playing in the Pac-12, which is a history-rich conference, uh, really competitive, to going to play in the Big Ten. Like, that's a downgrade to them. Like, no no offense to Big Ten baseball. It just mm-hmm. is. Half the games are still in snow in February and in March, right? Or you're, you know, you're Washington softball, and you're now – you go from playing in the Pac-12 to playing in the Big Ten. Or, I mean, it's just – you wonder how it's going to impact the Olympic sports and the travel and the cost, especially mm-hmm. for Washington and Oregon that aren't getting full shares of money. But what was the alternative? I mean, the Pac-12 screwed the pooch so much on this, it felt like none of the schools wanted to leave. Like, it really felt like Utah didn't want to leave. ASU certainly didn't want to leave. Michael Crow was digging his heels in up until the 11th hour. It didn't seem like Oregon and Washington initially wanted. Like these, it felt like these schools did not want to do this but they felt like they had no other choice, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, clearly. I mean, we've been waiting on this meteorite steal for almost a year. We thought last year we were going to have an agreement by the end of 2022. And then it was, well, when the spring meetings come around, we're going to have it done. And then it was like, oh, these early summer meetings, it's going to be done. And the deal just sounded like it got worse and worse every time there was rumors about it. It sound, And it wasn't even just the money. Apparently, this was going to be almost a fully streaming uh, deal with Apple. And the biggest thing with the Pac-12 has been just getting good exposure, especially because uh, of the Pac-12 network and it not being on most of the major carriers. And then you're going to do a huge streaming deal that you're not even going to get paid a ton of money for it. You're actually going to get paid somewhat less than what you're making now. And so you're going to have less money and then also less exposure. And you're going to want your fans to fork over. I don't know how much it would have been for a, a PAC 12 subscription on, on Apple TV plus, but it just, yeah, I think they felt like they had no choice. I mean, we were even even rumors, even if they were able to rally Oregon and Washington back. It already sounded like Arizona was, they were done. Like, they wanted no part of it. They wanted to go to the Big 12. We already saw Colorado. Didn't even want to wait anymore. They're like, this is stupid. And Colorado had jumped to the Pac-12 because they wanted they wanted the stability versus the Big 12. And now they're back in the Big 12. So it's kind of funny how that had gone full circle. But no, I, I don't feel like they had a choice. I can't blame Oregon and Washington for wanting to jump to the Big Ten. I can't blame anybody for wanting to jump to these conferences right now. It just it sucks that we've gotten to the point that all if you're not in one of these two leagues, or I guess kind of three with the Big 12, that you feel like you have to go to desperate measures in order to do it. And I think that's the saddest part of it is it's basically like a self-fulfilling prophecy. When teams get to thinking that they have to move elsewhere in order to survive, it ends up still killing the thing that you're trying to keep going. And that is what college football has been for like the past hundreds of years is now going to look drastically different within just a one-year time. Well, and let's talk about on the field, right? I brought this point up to you earlier today. Um, There really are not a lot of examples of realignment helping teams on the field and teams – doing better in new conferences. When a team goes from a major conference to another major conference, there's really only one maybe example, and that's early Missouri. When they went to the SEC, they won a couple SEC East championships under Gary Pinkle. But 
I mean, let's just go through them, right? Texas A&M left the Big 12 for the SEC. No national championships, no conference championships, no division championships, one New Year's Six Bowl appearance, and that was in the COVID year, right? Miami leaving the Big East to go to the ACC. No ACC championships, no national championships. Miami's last conference championship was in 2003. That's 20 years ago, right? West Virginia leaving the Big East to go to the Big 12, right? They are very, very mediocre, might fire their coach this year. Rutgers at one point was number two in the country in the Big East under Greg Schiano like 12, 14 years ago. And now they're just collecting a check and getting beaten in every weekend, haven't had a winning season in like almost half a decade. Colorado leaves the Big 12, right? You just mentioned them. Two bowl appearances in 12 years. At least they won a division championship. But by and large, they have been Mm -hmm. a doormat in the Pac-12. Nebraska going from the Big 12 to the Big 10. Nebraska, one of the most storied programs in our sport, is largely irrelevant in the Big Ten. They haven't won a Big Ten West, right? I mean, as far as... No, no, they never won it. They have one division title back when it was Leaders Leaders and Legends. Legends. So again... But then Nebraska they got, won yeah. division championship, no conference championships, no playoff appearances, no no nothing. And they have largely fell into obscurity in the Big Ten. It's not easy to move conferences. You lose a certain geographical competitiveness that you had in your other league. And you look at Texas. Texas hasn't won a conference championship since 2009, right? Oklahoma went six and six. I mean, are we yeah. just going to assume that Texas is going to be better in the SEC what about Oklahoma, who went 6-6 six and six last year? Oklahoma's not going to be playing Iowa State and Kansas and Texas Tech and Baylor every year. Now you're going to play Georgia and LSU and Alabama and Ole Miss and Auburn. Like, USC has been down for the majority of the last half decade before Lincoln Riley got there. And when we look at – I mean, USC is going to go from the epitome of a big fish in a small pond in the Pac-12. They are by far the best program, right, in the con, like the best job in the Pac 12 was USC to now, at best, the third best job behind Ohio State and Michigan. You've got Penn State, you've got Wisconsin, you've got now Oregon, who has kind of been a, a thorn in their side for the last handful of years. So I just think to myself, I go, and, and I get that the money, the money's the money, and it, and it allows you to do a lot of things. It allows you to hire your analysts and build buildings and have NIL, and that's great. But would you rather go 11-1 and one in the Big 12 or the Pac-12, the old editions, or go 8-4 and four in the Big 10 or the SDC? Yeah. And it seems, like a, it seems like a lot of programs would rather go 8-4 and four in their new conferences and beat Nebraska, which is kind of, kind of sucks to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and everyone's like, well, you got to look at the bright side. We're, getting, we're going to get better matchups. And it's like, are we? Because not all of these teams are going to be top 10 teams when they face each other if they're playing in the same conference. Somebody's got to take these L's. Not all these top-tier teams are only going to have one or two losses. And, and to go off your question, I think really the only teams that I can pinpoint that have benefited from realignment um, were teams that moved up from a group of five to to a power five like your your tcus have definitely utah right. has definitely right, right, benefited from right. moving yep. from the the mountain west but moving from one power five to the other you know it looked like with AM that was going to work out because they kind of created their brand as the the uh the texas's sec team i actually thought it was going to be funny if arizona just went to the big 12 and then they just marketed themselves as arizona's big 12 team 
<laughs> you want to talk about like, road no trips? Cares. I mean, now the Arizona schools—you could be playing UCF, you could be playing Cincinnati, West Virginia, Iowa State. I mean, man, like the 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 trips to Seattle and Salt Lake and Southern California seem are, are a thing of the past, man. It's 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 going to be interesting to see. I'm also interested if you're the Big Ten, do you explore a, a ten game schedule? I mean, you have 18 teams, like. Do we get to a point where you're really only playing teams in your conference? You have 10 or 11 conference games and one out-of-conference game that you use to play a MAC school or a Conference USA school? I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how, how they do the scheduling um, because it's, it's, it's got to feel like fitting a, a square peg in a round hole. I mean, trying to figure – trying to make everyone happy and – and how many times does Ohio State go west, and when does that happen, and all this stuff? It's, it seems to be even 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 more complicated than it than it was prior. And I think I would imagine so, just for for travel purposes, that all four of those West Coast teams in the Big Ten now, man, that is a weird phrase to say, by the way. You know, those four West Coast teams that play in the Big Ten, I would assume that they would just all play each other, right, every year. Like those, but but then again, does that like does that have. give you a division? I mean, does the Big Ten now go three like divisions and go like the Big Ten West is the four schools plus Nebraska, and then the Big Ten Central is like the centralized teams, and then the Big Ten East is like Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, and Mich. I I, I don't know. The uh, the only thing I wouldn't think that they would do that is just because they made such a big deal of getting rid right. of divisions because they ultimately ultimately these conferences want as many teams in the playoff and going divisionless helps you do that um, f- far better than having divisions. Uh, maybe you go to more of a pod where you're like you have a cluster of three or four teams. But I did read I think Scott Dockerman had tweeted out that the Big Ten is not looking to do overhauling scheduling changes for 24 and 25 they said they will keep most of the main rivalry games that they already picked intact now it's just maybe fitting in you're just trying to fit in two more teams obviously if if they keep the flex protect i would just imagine washington and oregon are protected rivals because that already is a pretty big uh, rivalry game out there and then maybe you give them just a couple of i i have no idea maybe you just keep those two teams and, and then you just pick a random roster for the next two years. I don't know. And I I think also the thing that's also a big question is how does this impact the college football playoff uh, when they go to re- renegotiate it in 2026? Uh, I doubt we're going to keep the, the, the six top-ranked conference champions getting an automatic bid because you're probably going to only have potentially only four, maybe three, if the ACC falls apart. Power conferences, do they just get rid of that? And they're just like, hey, we're just going to pick the top 12 or maybe even they expand it to yeah. 16. So, so uh, that, this is a tweet real quick from Stuart Mandel. Uh, there's a question of whether the 12-team college football playoff will still reserve six spots for conference champions in 2024. Executive Director Bill Hancock told me, quote, it's too soon to say the CFP Management Committee and the board will discuss the future format when it becomes appropriate. I mean, to me, like, you can't have six conference champions. You can't have six spots for conference champions. Because right no. now, you will head into, it looks like, you will head into 2024 with a power four. The Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC. And then a conference we haven't mentioned yet, which we probably should get to, is the ACC, which is locked into its grant of rights with ESPN seemingly since, I, till I think, like the mid-2030s. 
There already are rumblings that Florida State is looking to jump ship. Where they go, I don't know. It's probably the SEC, right? It feels like it's got to be. Well, did you did you see what they're Which, trying to do? That's kind of gone under the radar. They're getting like private equity firms to like give them cash to potentially buy themselves out of the ACC. Or yeah, but then like, like does the SEC is the SEC just going to open its arms to Florida State? Like, what does Florida have to say about that? Does Miami follow them? Would Florida State go without Miami? To me, the ACC is the next domino here, right? I mean, it's 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 a league that has. A little bit like the Pac-12 struggle to find a footing in college football. Um, Clemson's been the elite program. It's held water for the for the for the conference for quite a bit, but they haven't made a college football playoff since I believe 2020. Um, so what happens now with the ACC? Because you seemingly have a lot of programs in the ACC that would be, I guess, quote questionable to remain in major college football, right? Whether that's you know Wake Forest, Boston mm-hmm. College, Duke. Um, NC State, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, Syracuse. you know, Syracuse. Yeah. Um, so what happens with the ACC? I mean, do you – because like you said earlier, right, it's right now the ACC should be fine. Like if you're an ACC team, why would you want to leave? You are seemingly yeah. going to have an easier path to the playoff than if you were to – like if Florida State were to leave for the SEC and you go from playing, you know, Wake Forest, Duke, Syracuse, Boston College, and Miami to playing Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, that to me seems a harder path for you. What are your thoughts on the ACC mm-hmm. kind of quickly, and, and where where do you think they go from here? Well, like I said, I think the only thing saving them is that kind of terrible grain of fright steal that they're in because it's really, really logistically hard to get out of it. It's either going to be really, really expensive or uh, you're going to just have to hire a lot of lawyers or just trying to wiggle yourself out of it. But I, I do think it is um, kind of the next domino because if you, one, we haven't even talked about that. I don't think the SEC is going to actively look to add 18 teams, but you mentioned it. If like Clemson or Florida State somehow find a way out of it and their first call is to the SEC, I mean, I can't imagine Greg Sankey's not going to do what he did with Texas and Oklahoma when they came and called and ignore it. Like, they're going to know, um, you know, kind of where the where the tailwinds are behind what the Big Ten did. I think the Big Ten partially did this because they were anticipating something like that happening, and they wanted to stay a step ahead of it when they could get these teams for a, a cheaper deal than what they probably could have from a year or two from now. But, oh, man, I, it sucks for me because... You're talking about, you know, some of these schools that aren't serious about football. It's like, Wake Forest has been better than Miami has been over the last five or six years. Um, you know, Duke just came off a nine-win season. Like, it's not like these teams are just like well, the how about Oregon's of college State, right? Football. Like, we yeah. brought up Oregon State on our call. Yeah. They had ten wins last year. Wins this year. They kicked Florida's ass by like 30-plus points in a bowl game. And... They have, are like a dark horse contender to win the conference this year, and now they might get relegated to a group of five status um, because they don't play in a big market, and historically they haven't been a great team. But it's like there's no reason why those teams should not be able to compete at the top level. And I think that's the thing that I that kind of pisses me off about this whole thing is the reason why I loved college football is because you had teams everywhere. It was very... It was it was very inclusive to all parts of the country, and now it feels like we're getting 
towards kind of like a, a pro style model where, you know, you have to be in a good market or you have to have this in order to compete. And we're just going to close it off to anybody else. And I think that's that's the part I, I kind of hate the most, because are we going to get to the point where teams are kicking teams out of their conference so that they can add other teams in because they're not bringing value? It just... It's yeah, that is the interesting it's, thing, right? it has... is, is you look at the Big Ten, like, you have a lot of teams in there that do they provide a ton of value, right? Does Rutgers provide value? Does Indiana provide value? What about Northwestern? What about Illinois? What about Purdue? Like, you can make the case. And even in the SEC, right, Mississippi State, you know, as far as football, right? Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt. The only value Vanderbilt provides is a fun trip to Nashville for every opposing fan base once a year when they play the Commodores. <laughs> it's true. Like, that's it. You know, um, and I, I, I do also hate the argument of, well, some teams can win a national championship and some teams are trying to win in football and some teams aren't. Like, I just think that's BS, man. We we saw Cincinnati make the playoff two years ago or three years ago. We saw TCU make the national championship game this year. I mean, who's been trying to win more, TCU or Texas Tech? Or, I'm sorry, um, um, yeah. uh, Texas A&M, right? I mean, Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm guessing, you know, bigger team, bigger fan base, bigger stadium. Oh, my God, great. He went five and seven this year. The team has not been relevant in the SEC in over a decade. Like TCU has made New Year's Six Bowls. They made the playoff this year. Like I, I just, I mean, look at Pitt. Right, Pitt has more Coastal Division championships than Miami. Right, since joining the ACC. Yeah. You know, Pitt's been really, really good. So I don't like this argument that like some schools try to win and some schools don't. And and you know, listen, like truthfully, if if college, I mean, maybe college football, what's coming is a European soccer model, where where, which I would love. Yeah, I'd be open I mean, to that, but if if if, really if you have a model like European soccer, where you have promotion, you have relegation, you have a, a structured system, right? Where you have twenty four teams and there's four divisions with six teams each, and then the bottom team in each division gets relegated, and then the next division sends four teams. Like that's something that could be really cool. I just don't know if you're going to get everyone on the same page for that, right? I just don't know if any. No one's gonna, no one's gonna want to lose no, out on that right? money when gonna they get uh, pay. relegated. No one's yeah. gonna want to say, "Oh yeah, no, we'll be relegated to like the group of five or the group of whatever." You know, absolutely <laughs> not. But you wonder if something like that is coming. I don't. I'm not gonna say the the Big Ten's gonna kick out. You know, um, Purdue or pick out it, it maybe just football only. But it you you wonder what is going to be next here. You wonder if Ohio State's gonna say why does Northwestern get the same cut of money we do, right? Or you wonder mm-hmm. if Alabama is going to say, why does Mississippi State and Missouri, what value do they bring to the Big 12 or to the SEC? And why should we not have Clemson and Florida State in their, in their place? I, I don't know if we'll, we'll get there, but I didn't think we were going to get to this point where we're basically abolishing an entire conference. Yeah, and – it, it, if, and if those arguments start coming, it's just so hilarious. It's like, what? What are you going to do with an extra four or five million dollars that you're not doing already? Like, if you're Alabama, um, I just went by their stadium and their facilities, and I'm just like, yeah, I think I think they're doing pretty well with the with the current setup. But um, but no, I just don't like this because this is really, I think, the best quote I've heard is like this isn't realignment this is just consolidation it's just the big teams it's no different than mergers that we see with giant companies 
they're just trying to get every piece of the pie that they can until they really can anymore. And look, this is probably not the end of it. This might stabilize it for what the next till the next TV contract is up. I feel like that's kind of when we see these big moves is when these TV deals are coming up. And the Big Ten's back up in seven years. The SEC's deal is back up, I think, in eight years. Like, And that'll be right around when the ACC's starting to, uh, their grant of rights will end. So I don't know if it's ever going to be over. I just, to me, it's just like, when is it like enough enough? Like, you're already making more than every other league. Why do you have to, at some point, what I fear is you're going to lose fan base, especially with the Oregon States, the Washington States, those programs that, uh, sadly, are going to get left behind. Then you're just alienating more people from enjoying the sport, which is the complete opposite of what you should be doing. Um, so I just don't. It feels like a lot of long, short-term moves, but nothing really long-term that that betters the yeah, sport. Yeah. Well, and like, what about like what about the fans? And and what's I mean, our fans most like I listened to a little serious radio today. The, the you know the message boards reddit twitter everyone pretty much is against this like i think everyone doesn't like this and i know that fans oftentimes are hesitant to change and i i think it's fine to be mm-hmm. that way um but you're, you're talking about further distance to travel you're talking about different tv windows right where now you're going to have a couple games every year with a 9 30 central start time for football or a, or a 10.30 Central. I mean, there were... Or, or you're going to have a 9 a.m. local kick for your favorite team. Like, what about basketball? Like, what about Indiana basketball going to play USC and UCLA or going to play Oregon and Washington? And, and it's on at 9 o'clock on the Big Ten Network or, like, on ESPN, right? Like, whatever it is. Um, you wonder what the long-term effects of this are going to be. Do we see more fans, you know, less fans attending games, less fans traveling to games, right? We... We talked about it a handful of months ago about it's going to be really expensive to be a college football fan of a good team because of the playoff, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have potentially a playoff game on your on in your home stadium or travel to one in the first round, quarterfinal game at a you know New Year's Six Bowl. Then it's going to be a semifinal, then a final. I mean, that's a lot to travel. You know, if uh, Wisconsin yeah. or Arizona State, you know, makes the uh, makes the college football playoff anytime soon, it's going to be a lot for fans to do. So. Like I like you, I've I've had that thought right of, of what is the what are the long term effects of this and and I think casual fans are are pretty out on this, but I also just think eventually it'll die down. Eventually, fans will just say, "All right, what's the schedule going to be? When do I watch the games? Where do I watch them?" And it'll kind of revert back to business as usual. But in the show, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just interested to see if that's the case or if there's any side effects to this. There could be. I mean, if there's ever any antitrust stuff that, you know, if any of these conferences get any bigger, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just hope it doesn't alienate, especially on the West Coast. We were already kind of having an issue with interest on that side of the country just because a lot of the, you know, the main conference out there has been largely irrelevant in the national picture of everything. What does this do now? Does this alienate? More people in California, especially like in the Bay Area or at you know Oregon State, Washington State. Um, yeah, I, I I wish we could foretell the future. And who knows? Like you said, maybe in five years this is all water on the bridge, and we love the new setup. It makes so much sense. 
I love going to Eugene, Oregon to see Wisconsin play every two to three years. It's awesome. Uh, you know, who knows? I just know right now it's just probably because I think it's it's not so much we hate change, but there's been so much change in this sport within, what, the last two or three years? It, it feels like it's a completely yeah. different thing that we're even looking at and watching. The, the hilarious thing is going to be conference championship games, right? I mean, could you imagine USC Oregon playing for the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis? <laughs> Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, let's say uh, Iowa State playing UCF for the for the Big Twelve championship in Dallas, or you know, Dallas, the yeah. SEC. I think is a little bit better spaced geographically, but you know, does the Big Ten start having more events out west? Whether it's your basketball conference tournament, whether it's a baseball conference tournament, whether it's I mean, I don't know, right? Maybe it's, maybe once every four years, the football championship game goes to, goes to LA and and SoFi. You know, and I'm sure the Big Ten fans in the Midwest will be livid if that happens, you know. So it'll be interesting. We've been riffing for about 40 minutes here. Any other any other kind of ways you want to spin this or any other thoughts you, you kind of have before we kind of wrap up? Um, I mean, I hope it works out for the best. I hope it's enjoyable because, like I said, I'm still going to watch. Like next year, it's not like I'm going to stop watching Wisconsin football or college football in general, right. I'm going to be intrigued to see how this turns out. But I just think it. We we grow up on this. That the reason why we love it so much is because we we've been basically when we were born, kind of bred into this, and we've seen it a certain way for a long time. And it just feels like that is kind of going. Like I think the thing I turned back to, I kind of hinted at it earlier, was. You know, playing some of your common opponents less, but also too just the the regionality. Like I loved uh, with college athletics that you had this. Not only did you root for your team, but you also had kind of this brand with your conference that your team played in, and you kind of went into like bowl season or postseason play or non conference play, and every conference had their own unique style and identity. And I feel like we're just losing that. We're just homogenizing the entire sport. Which, look, I get it. Like, people will point to all the time. I hear it. I feel like I hear it on every podcast, uh, college football podcast, when they're trying to spin this into a positive. And everyone's like, oh, they're just going to create the NFL. And people are like, well, what's bad with that? It's the most popular sport in the U.S. And, look, I love the NFL. I watch it every Sunday. But also, I love college football because it is so uniquely different than that. And I just don't want to lose that. I love the fact that we have a team – in every we have multiple teams in every state, in every city, everything like every it. It feels like you have more of a local identity sometimes with your college team than you do, like your pro team that might not even be in the same state as you. And uh, I just I just feel like we're losing that part that makes it special, and that's kind of what I'm sad about. Like today, probably the most part. Yeah, there's been so much upheaval in this sport over the last five years right early signing day nil transfer portal realignment it truthfully go back to 2015 2016 the sport even within 10 years the sport looks completely different and everything really starts next year I mean, this is really the last year of the um you know regionalization of the sport because after mm-hmm. this year you're gonna have texas playing florida you're gonna have oklahoma playing you know uh mississippi state you're going to have USC playing 
um, you know, Wisconsin. You're going to have Oregon playing Penn State. You're just, it's just going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be different. And I'm, we're interested. We'll have a lot more on realignment as things break down um, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, next week we will get back to some on-field stuff. We will be breaking down. Ironically, it's time for us to break down the Pac-12. I mean, it's going to be uh, the last time we break down the Pac-12. Um, but we will. The Pac-12 should be. The, the other thing that kind of sucks is this is the last this last year and this year for the Pac-12. It's a really fun conference. I mean, last year mm-hmm. the Pac-12 had nineteen at six teams win at least nine games. Um, you had Utah beat USC in the championship game. Oregon won ten games. Oregon State won ten games. Utah won uh, eleven games. I mean, just it's a it was a really good league last year. Maybe the best group of quarterbacks in the country, and. It's 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 just, this is the last year, so we'll we'll see if the Pac-12 it would be hilarious if USC or Washington or Oregon won a national championship this year. I felt well. Yeah, and hey, it would be kind of uh, ironic, yeah. wouldn't it, if they uh, the, the the year the Pac-12 finally breaks through is is in its last year of existence, or at least how we know it, because uh, there's still technically four teams left, but. Uh, I don't know how they get out of it. But, yeah, um, should be a nice spirited review or preview of the Pac-12 uh, mainly. I guess one question for you with your team, with you now being a Big 12 alum, yep. Yep. Um, what is – who knows if I'll call it that. They should move it to the Big 16. Cause Everyone should change names. Everyone should change names. It doesn't make any yes. sense to keep the names where they are except for the SEC. Go on. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, is there any road trip that you are looking forward to in the Big 12, potentially? Yeah, we were, we were texting about that in our group chat. Um, I think the Big 12 has a nice mix of big cities and college towns. So, like, TCU's in Fort Worth. Like, that would be kind of a, a fun trip, right? Cincinnati, obviously, is in Cincinnati. UCF is in Orlando. I think those would be fun trips. But also getting to see a college town like, you know, Morgantown, right? You you hear really good things about Morgantown. You hear really good things about Ames, Iowa, in terms of the college town. Um, I think I think any one of those trips would be interesting. Houston for the University of Houston as well. Um, you know, Lawrence, Kansas for basketball. The Big 12 is mm-hmm. an interesting – it has an interesting footprint because you have a couple big cities, um, but then you also have some fun college towns, right, And including Tucson and Boulder and – and stuff like that. So, honestly, UCF, Orlando, I know it's the furthest one, but that would be kind of fun to go to Florida and watch them play in, in Orlando. Go to go, Disney World. Oh, yeah, you like knock out, you know, bring it. the kids. Not that I have any at this point, but, you know, bring the family. Go and watch the, what, 2019 national champions, uh, UCF, <laughs> whatever year they, they claimed a national championship. Uh, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm interested to see. We, we I mean, we didn't touch a ton on the Big 12, but – that schedule needs to come out and it'll be interesting to see kind of what ASU looks like and, you know, who they play. And I think that stuff's intriguing, right? And that stuff's fun. I'm guessing they'll still play Arizona. I don't know if they'll play Colorado or Utah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they kind of do things. So, mm-hmm. um, go ahead. No. Should be fun. Yeah. I said, it'll be interesting indeed. I mean, we're kind of at different spectrums of this where like, I'm just interested to see what, the Big Ten does with scheduling and everything. And, like, you know, ASU's joining a complete... Yes, you'll have some common opponents that you've played in the Pac-12, but for the most part, I mean, 
what, two-thirds of your schedule is probably going to be non-common opponents for ASU probably moving forward? Yeah, with a, with a nine-conference game, my guess is they'll play two of the old Pac-12 teams in year one, maybe Colorado and U of A. Um, I don't know, though. Like, I don't know if the Big 12 is going to do protected rivals. I don't know. They didn't do that this year, although it's hard to do it with, no. you know, Texas and Oklahoma leaving. I don't know if they'll try to, you know, regionalize it and create, like, a north and a south or an east and a west or, you know, whatever. And It sounds like divisions are going by the wayside for every conference, so I don't expect divisions. But I, you know, it w- honestly, it wouldn't surprise me um, if they copy the Big, tw- the, the Big Ten format which had 16 teams and had some protected rivals and some, you know, two-play options and stuff. Like, I think that was a fantastic model. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. Maybe ASU has, you know, Colorado and Arizona or maybe Utah and Arizona as their protected opponents. ASU will play Oklahoma State this year, actually. They played them in Stillwater last year, got smoked. They play in week two this year as well. So they played BYU two years ago. So, listen, ASU's got some packed, uh, already got some Big 12 flavor here. You know, right. now they, they got crushed in Provo. They got crushed in Stillwater. So I don't really know if uh, if that's a sign of things to come, but we'll see. Hopefully, Kenny Dillingham has kind of a nice transitional year this year, and then we can uh, be looking ahead to bigger and brighter things uh, in the Big 12. So, mm-hmm. all right, this uh, mm-hmm. we devoted an entire episode to it. Moving forward, let's focus on the field. We'll focus on the Pac 12 next week. We'll do the SEC the following week, and then. It'll be with the week of uh, week of week zero as we get college football in the month of August. So, uh, Lucas, appreciate you doing this. Appreciate the time. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Same to you. Have a great weekend, and all and the same to all of us. All right. Thanks for listening to Running for the Roses. We'll catch you guys next time.